Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Welcome to the Spotlight on Fightful. I am Stephen Jensen, and today I am joined by a special guest, someone you've seen here on the show plenty of times before. He is the one and only, my, well, I'll let, I'll let you do your, your intro a little bit here as well, SP3. Welcome to the show, SP3, uh, filling up for Jeremy today, um, who, which I'll, I'll, I'll talk about right off the bat. Um, he's, he's talked about it kind of in, uh, in recent weeks here on the show. He's got some personal stuff going on. Um, his dad having a, having a rough time right now. And, uh, our thoughts were Jeremy. He's, he's got, you know, more important stuff that he's got to take care of. Um, yesterday morning, that's why we are delaying the show till today. And also why Jeremy isn't here today, but, um, please, you know, put your thoughts out there, your prayers, anything out there that you think, you know, helps and puts out, you know, good energy and, and all that good stuff. Like Jeremy could use it. His family could use it. You know, I, we both, you know, got to, you know, we met his dad at, at, at his wedding recently. Very nice guy, very, very nice family. So, um, so SP3, welcome to the show and, and, uh, thank you for filling up for Jeremy today. 
Yes, I, I feel honored to, that you asked me to, you know, fill in for Jeremy. Shout outs to Jeremy, his family, his dad, uh, you know, great people, great family. So shouts out love and prayers uh, to them right now. Send your best on social media to Jeremy right now. But I'm honored to be here back on the spotlight. I call myself the spotlight uh, six man, the Hakeem, the uh, Hakeem uh, Harrison or uh, Marlon Wayne's, whichever one. Uh, uh, who played the ghost in uh, Six Man? That's me on this show. Since I filled I filled in for you before, now I'm filling in for Jeremy. I've been a guest on the show, so I'm very happy to be here. I'm the Roderick Strong of uh, Fightful Overbooked. I'm never getting called up to the main channel, so whenever I appear and have a dark match or have a match on main event here on Fightful, the main channel, I feel honored. So happy to be here on the spotlight with the Spinner Mason to my Jimmy Brooks. Uh, we were supposed to do Degrassi Deuce today, but I'm happy to be here, even though I am jealous that uh, MLJ did not introduce me on the intro. So <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll have to, next time we see ML, get him to have like a replacement when I have to be a six man on here again. <laughs> there you go. I love that. I love that. Um, yes, we have a great show for y'all today. A lot of, uh, a lot of big topics, a lot of big news, uh, Oh, kind of a blessing in disguise in some ways that we're doing the show this morning because um, our main topic uh, happened yesterday after the show would have aired. So um, got a got a lot to talk about today. Got a really great show for y'all. And um, thank you all for joining us as always um, today on this crazy random Friday episode. Um, I, I believe day after Dynamites this afternoon as well. Um, I think they have post shows tonight for uh, I think I think Impact's running a, a, a show tonight too, right? So Big I don't know. Sacrifice. So I don't know if there's a sacrifice post show. I'd imagine there's a, a SmackDown post show here tonight. I mean, there's going to be a ton of coverage right here on Fightful for you know stuff all all night, all weekend, anything going on in the world of pro wrestling. So uh, once again, thanks for joining us this morning, and also make sure to subscribe to FightfulSelect.com. That's the best place to support Fightful. Um, bringing up a super chat right off the bat. Thank you very much. Every super chat will be read out on the screen. Um, we'll put up on the screen and read out. We'll answer your questions and read your statements. Um, Anaruda, I'm not sure if I'm saying that correctly, but thank you very much for the super chat. Says, hope you're well, guys. Steven, as a fellow Cody Mark, will need a consolation stream when our boy gets hosed at Mania. Okay. So <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh. Uh, <laughs> well, that's, that's not happening. We'll talk about Cody a little bit later in the show, but I, I appreciate the super chat. I, I know that there's people that are getting a little more worried now because there's like reports that have been coming out, I guess, about like WWE's not sure yet if if Cody's gonna win or if, if Roman's gonna win or what. But yeah, we'll we'll talk about that. We'll, we're gonna start with AEW topics, and we're gonna go into WWE after. But we'll deep dive for you on that. Um, thank you very much for the super chat, y'all. I'll definitely talk about Cody. All right, so SP3, let's get right on into the first topic. Uh, over a million fans uh, and a great number in the demo tuned in. And it was a great show, and I think it's been a run of great shows. All right, SP3. So yesterday afternoon, there was a Instagram post that kind of rocked the entire wrestling world, and it was quickly deleted. It was written, and it was an Instagram story by one Phil Brooks, CM Punk, the former two-time AEW World Champion. 
I'm going to read the the tweet out or the the Instagram story out verbatim so that everyone knows exactly what we're talking about, and then we'll uh we'll kind of give our thoughts on what's going on here. So CM Punk says, "Sigh, I wasn't cleared to come back to wrestle yet. Then plan was to wrestle at the pay per view. I sat and listened to Moxley's Rocky Three idea. I explained how I'd never seen a Rocky movie. I thought the idea sucked, but if the boss wanted to do it, whatever. He said he wouldn't lose to me. I'd never experienced someone refusing to lose to me." I just laughed. I asked Tony if this was what he wanted. He said yes. He's the boss, so I said okay, but I need to be cleared first. They kept saying it could just be a squash, so I didn't need to be cleared. I scoffed at that. My health is more important. Dave Meltzer is a liar. Chris Jericho is a liar and a stooge. There were plans, but plans always change. But I'll never put company above my health ever again. Go ahead, SB3. I'll let you go first. What are your thoughts when, when you see all this from CM Punk? Um, it's an interesting situation because it is a response to a Dave Meltzer report. He he previously reported and then talked about it again, saying that, you know, the plan was in place for Moxley to win the first match and it being a squash and Punk didn't want to do that. So there was a legal letter sent to AEW and then uh, Punk had to basically go ahead and do it. And then they did the plan uh, as forth as what we saw with punk getting his win back at all out and this was cm punk's response to that honestly i'm at this point where everything that you know cm punk is upset about is completely justified it's completely justified if the you know the company is asking you to wrestle when you're still injured and you're not cleared it's completely justified if people don't want to you know put you over that's not how this business works but pretty much all the all-time greats have one time or another said they're not losing to to somebody whoever's on your mount rushmore they have done it rock Austin, Hogan, Flair, Triple H, it doesn't matter. They have all done this same thing. So it's not out the realm of possibility that Moxley did tell Punk he was he didn't want to, you know, put him over, didn't want to lose to him. And I mean the the biggest thing, the biggest crime CM Punk has done is he's never watched a Rocky movie. That is the biggest crime that he has done, first of all, because Rocky is a modern day, is still a modern day classic. It's an old, it came out in the late 70s. It came out when he was like one or two years old. The first one, the Rocky three, the idea that, that uh, John Moxley came up with, came out in 1982. Come on, man. You have 40 years to watch one Rocky movie, and you tweeted it out in 2014 that you didn't watch a Rocky movie. You didn't have an opportunity in the last, what, eight years, nine years to watch a Rocky movie come on that's ridiculous but also his also biggest crime is the way you react like i said he is justified to feel a certain way out of all these things you know the rumor that he got Cole cabana removed from aew the rumor that the evps were working against him the rumor that uh hangman adam page talked you know said a line that wasn't approved by him in a promo all of those things are justified for you to be upset with but it's the reaction from you that makes it worse. And the fact that we, we are now going on, what, eight, nine months since Brawl Out, and you have yet to take responsibility for anything you do, and all you keep doing is using all 10 of your fingers to point the finger at other people. 
That's all he keeps doing. And it's just like, it's very frustrating for someone that like me, that's been a fan of CM Punk, that was very happy for him to come to AEW, that felt like AEW had more momentum than ever when CM Punk came and they're doing, you know, a million in the ratings. They're doing record box office, record pay-per-view draws. See, with CM Punk on top, AEW was striving and, and had its best program, in my opinion, 1A, 1B, however you want to put it, with Hank man in omega is mjf and cm punk all of that is great things but the way he has acted and the way that he neglects to take responsibility for anything he does and all he does is compound on the problems it's ridiculous it's so frustrating for a grown man to act this way yes okay so you said a lot of what I was going to say, which is perfect. We agree with a lot of this. Because um, I, I also, I listen, I'll be fair. He's not, people have vetoed losing matches in the past. Plenty of people have done it. I'm wearing a Chris Jericho t-shirt. I'm sure he's done it plenty of times too. He said it He said it before. He's like, if I could win every match, I would. He's like, you know, like Chris Jericho is known to politics and stuff like that. But he's also, in my opinion, the greatest of all time. And here's a reason he's been in the business for, you know, 30 plus years at a high level. So, yeah. You know, so it's, you know, I'm, I'm going to bring this up real quick. Thank you very much for the super chats, by the way, y'all. Um, Shytown Spurs with a $10 super chat says, if you run into an a-hole in the morning, you run into an a-hole. If you run into a-holes all day, you're the a-hole. <laughs> then this as a play, or I guess like this is a one-off is fine, but Punk no longer deserves the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's kind of, SP3 was just saying it as well. Like, at a certain point, you got to look at your, like, at a certain point, like, not everyone else is the problem. Like, you might be the problem. Maybe everyone's the problem, but, like, you're a part of it also. Like, yeah. like, 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 the other people could be at fault, but that doesn't mean that you're completely innocent, too. Like, you all are probably at fault. So, you know, but I, we also don't, we weren't backstage. We don't know what happened at Brawl Out, like, for sure. So, we also don't know if there's a reason why you know, Tony Khan and AEW would be having the backs of, of certain performers and not having the backs of others. Like we don't know. And you know, that's, that's something that we always have to keep in mind. We have our favorite wrestlers that, you know, our ride or die favorite wrestlers, but like sometimes we get frustrated when they're not getting pushed or like whatever, like some, but we don't know all the reasons. Like someone might be really difficult to work with someone, you know, someone just might have just bad attitude or just not want to be the champion. People are like, how's Brian Danielson not the champion yet? Dude, Shawn Michaels worked for like a decade after he came back saying, like, don't put the title on me. Like, you know, straight yeah. up. Like, so you know what I mean? So like, there's all there's always other factors in these things. And I'm 100% with you when it comes to CM Punk. And I'm with Chi-Town Spurs. People know that I've been frustrated with this guy for a long time. I haven't been, you know, I've been pretty open about it. Um, it's just one of those things where like, I just, I don't, I, I feel like CM Punk in his own mind is just like a tougher, more untouchable guy than like what he currently is. Like years ago, he was at such a level that like you couldn't really mess with him because like he's, he's outselling John Cena in merchandise and he's, he's the, this new big star and, and he's bringing people back into wrestling, all these like lapsed fans that like, 
you know, watched in the early 2000s and then bailed on the John Cena era. They, a lot of them came back for CM Punk, and that's why they have such a big attachment to CM Punk. They were his guy. And then he left, and a lot of them stuck with him and were, like, waiting for all these years for him to return. And there's this big attachment to him. But in that time, I'm not even going to go into the UFC run because people know how I feel about that. But, like, you have that, and then you have, like, he's, like, an older guy who, like, the mystique is kind of gone. He had, like, his... His return to AEW was massive, and what he did in AEW was incredible. The storylines were incredible. I love the return with Darby. I love the MJF feud. That's maybe my favorite feud in AEW history. Like, I the dog collar match and all that stuff. I give CM Punk massive props for what he did on the screen in AEW, but I feel like he just can't be that guy behind the scenes anymore that he used to be because now you have a locker room full of talent that, like, they might not be as, as over for as long tenured as you have for decades, but like if it comes down to it and you're Tony Khan and you have to choose Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks or CM Punk, like it's a pretty easy choice to keep Kenny and the Young Bucks. Like if, that, if that's the kind of choice you have to make, I'm not saying that is what he has to make. I'm just saying like when it comes down to it, CM Punk's leverage is different now. And there's also the, the factor here that we all have to be very honest about. CM Punk is there's probably a lot of money that he feels like he's owed that he can't get unless he's back out there on the show. So whether he loves wrestling or not, or whether what his motivations are or whatever, I mean, there's a lot of money on the table still. And there's a, so that'd be a big reason why he'd want to be back. And I feel like if you're, because the other thing, dude, this guy is, he's, what for how old is he 40 something i mean he's, he's at least yeah, he's well into his 40s right i think he's like 43 44 because we're in our mid we're in our mid 30s and he's been in the business since we were in you know high school or whatever right so yeah. like so like so what i'm saying here is like 44 this is like there's nothing cool or hip about being 44 years old and reacting to stuff like this like to like 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 tweeting and deleting or, or Instagram stories and deleting and it's all burning bridges type stuff. And once again, I don't know the ins and outs of like his relationship with Colt Cabana, but it's just one of those things where like it's just strange to me that like to have like these really close friends that like you like you have these gigantic public falling outs with and stuff like that. And it's like there's once again one common factor in all this, and you know. You can be the best, most over professional wrestler in the world. But here's the thing. At a certain point, it's diminishing returns. Like someone like Randy Moss, I've always said, best receiver I've ever seen in my life. Lifelong Vikings fan. When he was on the field, like I didn't, I could, I could put up with like the, I play when I want to play and the straight cash homie and all that stuff. I didn't care. Cause it's like, this dude catches touchdowns. He's entertaining. He's the man. He's the best I've ever seen. But that at a certain point, like, you can't be that guy or be like like a like a Chad Ochocinco or like a Terrell Owens or something like that. When you get older and you're you're kind of like there's the, the, everyone's catching up to you and there's other people that are also as valuable. And it's like so you just don't it's just different now. Like you you can't be a 44 year old man airing out your sour grapes on social media and you're just making yourself look worse and worse every time you do it. It just like. You know, and the other sad thing too is that all these CM Punk fans were so happy because it seemed like he was coming back soon. Like it felt like the the water was probably under the bridge. That that like his injury is it's clearing up now, and he's going to be coming back soon. And then he just like shoots himself in the foot again immediately and and does this. And it's like, and the and once again the last thing I'll say about it because I don't want to like 
you know, I want to get you more of your thoughts as well, of course. But like, if you're Tony Khan, once again, I'm just going to keep it real. If you're Tony Khan, this guy sat right next to you and trashed you and your company right there in front of the world. Okay. He's doing stuff like this, right? If you're Tony Khan, like what kind of message does that send? If you just like brought that guy back and just like did business with him, especially if you pushed him again. And like, you know, it's like, it, it just makes you look really, it makes you look like a pushover as a boss. And like, you yeah. can't, you can't have that. Like as much as Tony wants to be friends with everybody, I'm sure. And he seems like a good dude and all like, I, if you're the boss, if at any job, dude, I couldn't go, I couldn't sit next to my, my boss at my shoot job and just start talking about how uh, my manager doesn't know what they're doing and that all the people I work with are morons and stuff like, which I don't believe, by the way, if anybody sees this that I work with, I don't, I like that. I love the people I work with. They're very nice. But like, if I was disgruntled, I, you can't just say that to your boss without any kind of like, yo, hold on a second. Like you can't, you know, people lose their jobs over stuff like that, you know? So, and you're not just saying it. You're saying it when all the other supervisor and managers from the other stores are, are there, there to, to, to hear you. You're saying it on a public forum. Like, you didn't say this in the locker room. If you said this in the locker room, I'll find in dandy. A lot of stuff gets said backstage and in the locker room. He said it in the most public way possible. And just, he really showed no respect, no regard for Tony Khan and AEW. And this is crazy that we started off this week with him uh, talking, you know, Dax Harwood with the interview with Fightful, talking about how, how Punk has read the Steve Kern book and that he misses wrestling. And then Punk puts out the social media post where he talks about how Steve Kern and Coco, we Coco Beware had a disagreement, had a falling out, a fight backstage. And then Jerry Lawler, brought them to his office the next day and they talked it over and they resolved thing and he was like oh how fascinating kind of alluding to the fact that he's open to doing that with the elite and coming back to AEW and making amends and then to turn around based off a Dave Meltzer report maybe he reiterated it but this is a report that was all the way back before Brawl Out why are you reacting to something that a reporter that you say he's a liar? If he's a liar and you don't value what he says, why are you taking it so seriously? And secondly, the most corny, lame thing for an adult male to do is to make a social media post and then delete it. Yep. Like, if you are going to say what you need to say, you need to stand by that. Say it with your chest. As, as the people that I grew up used to always say to me, say it with your chest and stand by what you said. Don't go ahead and delete it. You're like, oh, you see, oh, okay, a hundred, a thousand people saw it. So let me, let me delete it now. Enough people have saw it. It's going to generate enough. No, that's corny. Yo, that's corny. That's mad corny. Like stand by what you said. And don't delete the 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 whole thing because then you just making your you're doubling down on the L that you took with this reaction. Yeah, yeah, you're a hundred. I mean, you're nothing but facts on all this. Like we're agreeing all across the board. Um, by the way, I don't know if people in the chat are seeing it. Your video is a bit choppy. Your audio is perfect. I don't know if there's any way of you just like jumping out of the stream and jumping back in real quick. I don't know yeah. if that would fix it. But once again, your audio is clear as day i don't and i don't know if it's just my my end or if they're seeing that as well with the video um but i i'll, ju yeah. I'll jump out and I'll jump back in <laughs> cool 
Cool. And yeah, so let me know in the chat while SP3 you know jumps jumps back out and back in here. What are y'all thoughts on this? Because I, I I feel like a lot of people are agreeing so far with what we're saying. Um, it's it's frustrating, man. It's frustrating. Um and thank you for the feedback. SP3 a bit choppy. Thanks, guys. Am I, am I coming in clear? I, I did everything I could to make sure the, the connection was good this morning. I got on extra early and everything to prepare because I knew I knew Jeremy wouldn't be able to make it today. Um, Frantic World says, some people don't get that it's not making AW look bad. It's making CM Punk look bad. I completely agree. Like, that's... Um, let's get SP3 back in here. Um but yeah, I, I I agree that it's making us uh, it's making uh, CM Punk look bad. Like it isn't it isn't a bad look on AEW. Like what are they supposed to do? You know, like and Tony Khan, people like Ariel Hawani in particular. Who by the I mean, this is just coincidence. Is sitting here. I have met Ariel Hawani in person. I'm a longtime fan of Ariel Hawani. I went to his first ever live show. I drove all the way from Nashville to Chicago for it. Um, I you know I but you know when he interviewed Tony, he was really frustrated and you know all that stuff and um because tony really, really wouldn't answer questions but at the same time it's like what the hell is the guy supposed to say i mean like i you know i i thought it was kind of it was not kind of it was very weird how they um how he just didn't explain the trios titles and and that and the, the world title being like that on television how that never was like actually explained that was very weird especially if you're like a casual fan that doesn't pay much attention to the internet you have really no idea what was going on but um once again what's what's somebody supposed to say like people are like like i'm sure at some point these stories are going to come out but they're still in the middle of it like there's probably still hope on tony's end that he could work things out with punk and but here's the thing how do you deal with this guy like do you do you do you just let him go off and like have his own time and like get it out of his system and hope he comes back and like it isn't a problem again but once again look at the track record like he was he rubbed a lot of people the wrong way on the indies people to this day who still don't want to be friends with him like don't want to associate with him to this day because of stuff from the early 2000s on the indie scene his public exit from the WWE and how that all went down and and the trashing of the company and not just that People totally just seem to have these blinders. When he left, he it wasn't like he was some big wrestling fan that was a wrestling fan this whole time that loved the wrestling fans and all. He was, he was like, if you talked about wrestling, he'd be like, no, 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 like that. I'm no, no, like I'm I'm not doing that anymore. You know, there was years where he didn't want to associate with professional wrestling, and now all of a sudden it's like, you know, it, it's one of those things where just history just keeps repeating itself. The brawl out stuff, the interview stuff, or the the post show, uh, the press conference stuff, and now this this just adds on to that, like just another public just crybaby, whatever you want to call it, outburst by a forty four year old man who once again just. And another thing we haven't even touched on: call Chris Jericho a liar and a stooge. What do you like? What do you think that accomplishes? Just yeah, let's trash this guy who once again has been in the business for thirty plus years. He's worked everywhere. Everyone else is saying, like, you know, this guy is helping my career and all this and that. He's over here, like, like taking action and dready out of the out of the blue and being like, dude, this guy's got potential. He's gonna beat me, and I never want him to get that. I never want to get that win back over him. Like, but 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 Jericho, but Jericho is the big problem. You want to know what the problem is, Punk? It's probably you because Jericho's worked with you in the past. He probably saw this coming, and now he's seeing it happening again. And he's telling everyone, hey, like, listen, we don't want to deal with this. I've already I've already seen how this ends. You know. So, you know, it just, uh, 
it's frustrating. It's it's very frustrating because you want them to work it out. You, I, I think you like anyone else, despite how you feel about CM Punk and how he dealt with his hiatus from wrestling. You want to see him back because there's a lot of great stories to tell with CM Punk back. There's the third match with MJF. There's Punk and FTR versus the Elite. There's Punk versus Kenny Omega, which I think is the biggest match that AEW possibly could put out there. But all of this does not help it. Like I get, I get, you know, the people that are like, save big on brunch for mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16 ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% lean ground sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Oh, no, he's defending himself against rumors. There's always going to be rumors yes. in professional wrestling. If it's not coming from anyone that you work with, I don't see the point of saying it in a press conference. I say I say, deal with it backstage. That's how it's always been done in the wrestling business. And you, you've named all the stuff that happened with the press conference, with Brawl Out, with this. You're not even bringing up on national TV. Oh, yeah, Two months after it happened, this man let it fester. One little line from Hangman Adam Page to most fans, it went over their head. To me, it went over. It went no, over I had my no head. idea. It no, went it, over. I we're, didn't, the, we're the most hardcore wrestling fans out there. We had no idea. We would have never known. Never known what he, what Hangman was talking about. It just felt weird, but it did have, add a little bit of intensity and heat to their matchup at Double or Nothing. But for most fans, it went over their head, and CM Punk let it fester inside of him for two months and came out on national TV in his first promo since returning and had to call out Hangman Adam Page, had to had to embarrass Hangman Adam Page because he knew Page wasn't wasn't gonna come out. So he calls him out to come out and then says, oh, all this stuff, acting like a tough guy. Like, come on. Like, I, I, I will say it again. He is justified to feel however he feels about what the rumors say, about what his colleagues say, about people not wanting to put him over. But like you said, at one point or another, you need to look in the mirror and ask yourself, what am I doing wrong? What am I doing wrong? And maybe I should take some responsibility for the reason why people keep reacting to me like this. It feels like too often than not, CM Punk takes the the, the crutch of being the victim in these situations instead of saying, oh, this is what I did wrong. And then you can say, but they did worse. You can say that. You can then say that if you take responsibility first. And I've yet to see that. Right. And we also don't know how much of this is trying to be hashed out behind the scenes. We, we have no idea. We don't know if Punk has tried to speak with the elite and like maybe Punk's not getting anywhere. Maybe he has reached out and been like, hey, we can make a lot of money with this. Like, let's let bygones be bygones. And they're like, fuck that. Like, no, like you're out, you know, because a whole other layer of this, too, is CM Punk didn't join the company until it was a proven success. That's a that's something else that people don't take enough account into. He was supposed to be their day one big signing. And they couldn't get him for years because like he didn't think AEW, like he didn't believe in it. And then like when they brought him in, they gave him everything. He beat everyone. He won their title twice. 
like and then like this is this is how this all is this is where we're at now not that long after and it just it just it's it's unfortunate because once again we don't know behind the scenes what, what's been going on so for all we know he has tried to make good with them and now this is his like his only way of doing anything is going public and being like hey this is how i feel but at the same time dude i've learned over the years especially like the older i get man stuff like this because my my ego has become so much less deflated or it's become so much more deflated i should say over the years like yeah, i used to definitely have a way bigger ego and like take myself way more seriously and stuff as i think a lot of people do but like dude sometimes even if you don't think even if you think that you're right sometimes just apologizing to somebody is everything dude like like just like i have plenty of friends where like I, I might not even feel like I did wrong, but I know they're really upset about it. I'm just like, you know what, man? I'm sorry. Like, there's definitely a way we can get around that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I'm sorry. Like, I'm sorry. Like, you're just saying I'm sorry. Just sometimes people just need to hear that. Just be like, you know what? Like, they they recognize that like I'm ha- I'm in pain right now. Like, they they all right. They and then like they usually they'll feel bad because they're like, okay, well, it's gotten to a point where people are apologizing to me now. Like, I must really be showing that. So like, there's 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 steps to this, and like just straight up apologizing goes such a long way. And the opposite of apologizing is doubling down and tripling down and quadrupling down. And just, it just, it's just such a, it's a bad look. It's just a really bad look for, for CM Punk. And it's not a bad look for AEW. Like it just isn't like, I don't think this makes Jericho look bad. People can have whatever opinion they want of Dave Meltzer. Me and you wouldn't be sitting right here doing this right now. If Dave Meltzer didn't, it wasn't around doing what he's doing forever. Like I have massive respect for Dave Meltzer. Is he always right? No, but like, it is what it is what it is it's wrestling it's wrestling journalism plans do change it, 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 i don't know but um dave Meltzer has also done a lot for the sport of professional wrestling and he's covered cm punk before. He, he was covering cm punk before anybody cared about cm punk back in the day so like if, um, it, if it wasn't for Meltzer giving five stars to the punk joe too i would have never discovered ring of honor right, so like lot. yeah yeah yeah, like that yeah. was my first exposure to CM Punk back in 2004, 2005, when I heard about those Punk uh, Joe trilogy. So for all, you know, the bad he could say about Dave Meltzer, Dave Meltzer did kind of help your career in some form or fashion to a couple of fans. But I mean, like I said, once again, Punk is 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 validated to feel however he feels about rumors, about what co-workers have said, and what really went down backstage, because none of us know that. The people that are defending Punk, the people that are upset with Punk, no one really knows what went down except for the people that were backstage there watching. So I, we can only only say you know how we feel from the outside looking in but we don't know what really went down and i just need cm punk to realize that it would go a long way to just take a little bit of responsibility for your part in all of this and maybe we can you know move forward and come to a resolution but i also agree with what what jensen said that at this point Tony Khan bringing him back, it's going to make the company look bad in one way or another. So it's all just a crappy thing overall. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, we actually have some breaking news that we're going to report on right now. Um, I'm going to pull this up real quick. And uh, so I just got a message about this. I'm sure you did as well. Yes. Um, 
I'm just going to pull up. We're going to we'll circle back to AW. We have a hard out today at uh, 11 a.m. So we're going to have to go kind of fast through a lot of our topics, but this needs to be covered. Um, so our product is what it is. We're going straight up the middle. We have breaking news from Impact Wrestling right now. Um, Josh Alexander, the Impact Wrestling World Champion, the longtime champion at this point, who is the Exhibition Champion before this. I mean, they've you know, been building building and building this guy ever since uh, the North split, since uh, since Ethan Page left. Uh, Josh Alexander just tweeted 10 minutes ago, safe to say this news is devastating. I've torn my bicep. I will have to relinquish my Impact Wrestling World title immediately. I'm heading into surgery momentarily. I'm so thankful for my Impact family and support. I'll be back and better than ever. <sighs> SP3 thoughts on Josh Alexander. He's, he's given up the Impact title, man. I did not expect that. And this man, this Multiverse United show is feeling like Forbidden Door last year, like where everybody's getting hurt before. And this was a stacked card. You know, you had, uh, I think the first initial matches that were announced were Josh Alexander versus Kushida for the Impact World Championship, Will Ospreay versus Speedball Mike Bailey. And both of those matches are not going to go down now. Like I got the I got the news right before we, we started talking about the whole punk situation. I wanted to get that out the way before I said something. So I'm glad it got tipped off to you. But it's very, very sad news because Josh Alexander, I've said this on multiple platforms and I'll say it here. He is by far, in my opinion, the most underrated professional wrestler in the world today, because in a lot of people, he should be considered in like the top 10, top 15. He should be among the best in the world. But Impact Wrestling doesn't have as much uh, you know, exposure as it once did. So I think that's the reason why he's not viewed in that point. But his Impact World Championship reign, in my opinion, is the greatest of that title's history. And this is a title that has, that has had. Some of the best of the last two decades holding this title from Kurt Angle to AJ Styles to Bobby Roode to Samoa Joe to Sting. Uh, you know, the list goes on and on of greats, uh, you know, in WWE, AEW and Impact Wrestling itself that have held this championship. And Josh Alexander's reign is not only the longest reigning, it's the greatest, in my opinion, from how he won the championship last year at Rebellion against Moose and Moose greatest match of his career and this is coming from someone that has watched moose since he was a rookie who came into ring of honor and saw his entire run there going in to impact wrestling that's the greatest matchup of his entire career you had his uh run with uh you know his matchup with tomorio ishii which was just a couple of weeks later at under siege which was a great matchup uh, his matchup with eric young which was kind of like a tribute to the history of impact wrestling because it was at slammiversary the 20 year anniversary He's had great matches with Frankie Kazarian, Alex Shelley, uh, Speedball Mike Bailey. They went at it for a near hour, and it was one of the best matches that Impact has ever put out on their weekly television show. Ritz Swan recently at No Surrender. Eddie Edwards last year at Bound for Glory. The list goes on and on, and he was just going to add to that list with a great match against Kushida and maybe even possibly dropping the title at this year's Rebellion one year to the day that he won the championship last 
last year against Steve Macklin, who the company has been building up as the next star to take over. And like you said, since the North broke up, they have just invested so much into him. And the North was one of their best tag teams that they ever had, the longest reigning Impact Tag Team Champions. And then he won the Exhibition Championship and revived that title and made it uh, prestigious again, where the fact that it still has kept up and put on great matches ever since he lost the title and he gave it up for option C. He had a great match with Christian Trage, the great moment afterwards where Moose uh, beat him in front of his family and their great feud leading up to Rebellion last year. Like, I can't emphasize how important Josh Alexander was to Impact Wrestling. He is as, as identifiable with Impact Wrestling as AJ Styles was with TNA. That's how important Josh Alexander has been. So this is really heartbreaking news to find out. Yeah, I can't. I can't say any better than you just did, man. That I, I echo everything you just said. I, I underrated, absolutely, in the grand scheme of things. Um, great champion, and I like the AJ Styles comparison as far as like Impact Wrestling to to AJ Styles and TNA, like just kind of like the lifeblood of the whole thing. Like if Josh Alexander left Impact Wrestling, they'd lose a lot of their current identity. Just like when when AJ left, that to me that was the end of TNA. Like when yeah. when AJ left. It, it, it's now impact like TNA is done with there's no AJ Styles kind of how I felt and how a lot of fans felt about it. Um, so yeah, that's a bummer. I, who do you think should, should be the next champion? Like uh, I, I can tie it in a little bit to, you know, we'll talk about her here in a minute, but like I've been saying for a while that I want to see Masha Slamovich as the AW or sorry, as the impact world champion or Jordan Grace. Like I'd like to see another woman hold that title um, personally. So I mean, Jordan Grace, I've been saying it for a while. I thought she should have won the X Division Championship last year. And the way that she has really transformed herself, you know, preparing for, you know, the bodybuilding competitions and how she's kind of become this, this like uh, incredible physique that I've ever seen on a woman and the transformation that she's taken from when I used to see her over here on the East Coast on the independent shows to how she is now. I think that she's the person that I would definitely... And she She's another one that kind of feels like impact wrestling is imprinted on her. I love Masha Slamovich, but Masha Slamovich, her identity is a lot of independent wrestling. She hasn't really become identifiable with impact wrestling, but I feel like Jordan Grace has. So if you were going to put it on a woman, I would definitely say Jordan Grace needs to be in the conversation. And like I said, I think Steve Macklin was kind of getting groomed. He was to, the next up, it yeah. seemed like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you. Like Macklin, that's what a lot of people in the chat are saying. Like, I and I agree about Macklin. I'm not, I'm not disputing that. I just, I'm a longtime Jordan Grace fan. And I've, I've wanted to see her because another part of this too, to be totally honest, is like, it's given where Tess is at now with like the fan base and ever and the perception and stuff. Like, it would kind of be good. I feel like to have like yeah. a different woman be like kind of in the history books as far as like, hey, like. It wasn't, you know, because people are always going to bring up, well, they had a woman champion. Well, who was it? Tessa Blanchard. And there's going to be a lot of stuff that comes along with that. You bring it up again. You're like, well, yeah, Tessa. And then like, then Jordan held it. It's like, oh, damn, Jordan. You know what I mean? Then you talk more about Jordan and what she's doing. You know, it just, I think it's, and, you know. Just, and even with Tessa, she didn't even get a run really with it. Like it right, happened exactly. in January, 2020. And then two months later, the world went to hell. And then that whole situation where she didn't want to leave Mexico, didn't want to send promos to them. That was just an ugly whole situation there with her having the uh, the Impact World Championship. So I 100% agree with you. They need another one 
woman. And I, I see uh, Sean in the chat. He put Deanna. Deanna is another great option because yeah. she has become identifiable with Impact Wrestling. They need someone like that that can fill that void for Josh, depending on how long he's going to be out. It needs to be someone that's identifiable with impact wrestling, but like talking about, you know, the whole multiverse United, like you had that match, uh, the, the Will Ospreay, uh, speedball, Mike Bailey. I had an interview with speedball where he was telling me he felt like that matchup with Will Ospreay. Cause they faced previously, you know, in the UK, a couple of times revolution pro last year at your call, he felt like that match was going to be the greatest match in pro wrestling history and then will osprey gets injured in the new japan cup he's gonna verse uh hiroshi tadahashi now on the show which should also be a great matchup but then you also have the whole situation with mickey james where mickey james was gonna have a rematch with jordan grace which their matchup at hard to kill was one of the best women's matches of 2023 so far and this was kind of i thought they were gonna main event this show tonight for sacrifice in ontario and with this big rematch and and now Mickey James is injured. So not only do you not get the Jordan Grace match, you also don't get the four-way with her, Deanna Parraza, Giselle Shaw, and uh, Mia Yamashita. And Jeremy's here. Yeah, Jeremy has joined us. Jeremy, what's up, man? We come here and we're talking about Impact and Tessa Blanchard. What is what is going on? Dude, well, well, Josh Alexander. Josh Alexander in the title, man. So we're like we're trying to figure out who who should be the next champion. I was saying, you know, I'm big on Masha. Obviously, I've I've been big on Jordan for a long time. I, I would like to see a woman hold that title because well, not because of Tessa, like to replace that. I'm not saying that's the reason. I'm just saying that's kind of a cherry on top of like Jordan already deserves it. But then like you also have in the history books that like you know. She's the champion too. Like I feel like that that you know that's kind of good. It's really good, actually, in my opinion. So I saw Mickey James has is is injured. George, or Josh Alexander's injured. You know who's not injured? Steven Jensen, Cody Rhodes. He's gonna be everywhere. He should win the Impact title. What do you think? What do you think of that, Jensen? Cody just showing up tonight at Sacrifice. Professional wrestler, or do you want to be a WWE superstar? You know, WWE superstar sounds a whole lot better to me than being a professional wrestler. <laughs> Yeah, continue with the Cody Rhodes. We'll, we'll, we'll trans, we'll here's, right now. here's a pop for you, Jensen. So this is my my parents' dog, my my lovely parents' dog right here. Can you can you say hi? Do you want to say hi? No. This dog here named Cody. All right. So this is Cody. Come here. Come here. We have another dog. I don't know if she's gonna come in. Well, we'll maneuver the camera here. We'll everybody see. There's the other dog, Jensen. Do you want to take a guess at that dog's name? Sammy. Brandy. My parents oh. have a Cody and a Brandy. That's oh, completely that. random. Like that they've had yes. for a long time. That's completely unrelated. Wow. Yes. That's um Brandy. Dude, how do you never tell me that before? <laughs> I I legitimately didn't think about it. And the wife, the wife messaged me when I was talking to her last night. She's like, Are you gonna tell Jensen that your parents have dogs named Cody and Brandy? Have you ever told him that? I was like, I don't think I have because I never put that together until last night. So that's my parents' dog's names are Cody and Brandy. Brandy's like 13 years old, so nothing to do with Brandy Rhodes. Cody, you know, I was, Cody's a little bit younger. I was around when they named Cody. I may have tried to do a Cody Rhodes pop there. I don't think I did, but I may have tried to do a Cody Rhodes pop there. That's fantastic. Are you going to be able to stick I'm, around for a little bit, Jeremy? Or no, no, no. I, I got to take a shower. I got to go do some things. I just wanted to to say hi and to say, uh, pop you, Jensen, with my dogs having 
Uh, or my dogs awesome. having parents named Cody. My parents having dogs named <laughs> Cody and Brandy. Um, and, and say thank you to everybody who who reached out and sent messages and everything uh, last night and support and everything. Uh, so I it's coming on saying I appreciate all that. Appreciate it, uh, USB3 for for doing the show today. I saw you said six men uh, of of the spotlight. SB3. We got the third member of the spotlight, Mose, in our interview a little bit later on. So yes, it's a it's a family affair. Here at the spotlight and uh again thank you guys everybody who reached out everybody who liked the tweet said said kind things sent uh thoughts thoughts and prayers uh hopefully we're, we're on a good path with with everything so i'll keep everybody updated and uh thunder and lakers tonight sp3 let's let's have a little fun with that oh man you don't even know because uh, I I haven't kept SP3 up in the loop too much, but like I've gotten very into the NBA lately. I've got you gotta like, get a team. Nice. You just bet. You just bet on it, Jensen. Like yeah, but I've got players. <laughs> I've got players though. No, I've, I've got... players are no fun. You got a fantasy team. That's Bro. that's not an actual team. Yeah, well you're well like the Hawks, I guess, because I've been going to the games. So like, oh that's unfortunate. Yeah, very yeah. nice. Young, Trey Young's legit. I wish Trey Young had cool looking shoes. That bum, that bums me out. I buy I buy the the Trey Youngs, but he his shoes look whack, dude. They're like most Hawks most Hawks fans are like I wish Trey Young played a lick of defense. And Jensen's like his shoes no. could just be a lot cooler. Yeah, that's all. Oh, dude, dude, <laughs> shoe I bought, game. You want the shoe game? You want to see the shoe game? Hold on just a second. I'm oh, oh, you got him started. Oh, this is going shoe game. To, right. <laughs> to finish up with the Impact news, uh, they I just got an email from Impact Wrestling where they said the new world champion will be crowned on April 16th at Rebellion. So it's going to be Steve Macklin versus somebody, and Steve Macklin will replace uh, Josh Alexander with Ritz Swan and Frankie Kazarian against Time Machine tonight at Sacrifice. Cody Rhodes. <laughs> Cody Rhodes versus Steve Macklin at Impact Rebellion. I'm here Ooh. for it. <laughs> Two forgotten sons. Don't don't put that in the universe, SP3. Do not put that in the universe because they might pull some other Forgotten Son, and that would not be very good. The the Battle of Forgotten Sons. So, SP3, you're like, I didn't didn't grab this, but like, I've got, I've actually got some LeBron stuff lately too. Like, I've got like, he's got like a big Funko Pop, and I've got like Um, some of the other, I've got like a bunch of his Funkos. My dude is Mikhail Bridges. I've got his I've got his son's jersey, but like I don't have the 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 because that's that's my dude on prize picks. But my dude, dude, like my favorite player to watch is Lamelo Ball. <laughs> Boom, baby, slime players. son, slime son. What do you know about the? What do you know about the Nickelodeon branded Lamelo Ball players? Slimes, baby. I've been, I'm, yeah, dude. I don't even He's know. Big where ball I of red. He's traded. Dude, he, he's the man, dude. I love watching Lamelo Ball. That guy, <laughs> all, like, he just goes out there and just like, I don't know. It's just, I'm, I'm not about like the team players. I just want guys going out there and not passing the ball and just scoring points and winning me money. That's like my whole thing. So, Mikhail Bridges, Lamelo Ball. He's uh, he, he only saying that because he knew of Lamelo from his Raw appearance all those years ago when he was 16 <laughs> and he dropped the N word on Raw. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I forgot about that. Oh, <laughs> that was one of the yeah, that was one of the greatest. Bar oh God, I remember out. they were like on the show. I completely forgot about that. Uh, that was wow. else. Wow. Anyway, All we right. need to we need to wrap up some of these topics before. Uh, I, I got I got to get going. I think one of one of the dogs isn't doing too well. So, uh, uh, thank you guys again, SP3. Thank you, Jensen. Thank you. Love you guys. Bye, everybody. Love you, Jeremy. Uh,
Uh, thank you, Jeremy, for joining on today. Appreciate that. Um, we got to kind of rifle through these topics a little bit faster to get through them. Um, but uh, yeah, a little little basketball discourse. I'll, uh, I've been going to Hawks games lately too. My brother's got one of the guys my brother trains at his boxing gym. His dad, or no, not his dad, the guy like works for the team. So he gives us like the, uh, we have like tickets to this. It's like this, it's like, it's like a box seat type thing, but like they have like food, like a food court. It's like the, they call it the social club. It's really, it's badass. And like, they gives us tickets for like every few weeks. So I've been going lately a lot. Um, but uh, anyways, this is an NBA stream. This is a pro wrestling stream. Nobody cares. About FMC this. Tuesday, 830 yeah. a.m. Eastern. There you Five go. Overbook. There you go. <laughs> um, all right. So continuing on with the topics, let me pull up what we got. So we've gone through. All right. Well, let's what's what's put a bow on AEW real quick. Um, I'm not going to pull the bumper again, but I uh, just some quick thoughts. Omega versus Vikingo. Uh, this match, you know, this was obviously incredible. Dave Meltzer, I saw earlier today, it came out that he gave it five stars. Um, uh, Vikingo is a guy who, you know, obviously he's made a lot of waves recently. He was ranked number like five or something on the PWI 500 this past year. It was kind of controversial because a lot of people were like, I don't know who this guy is. Even MJF was like, we know who he is, but you probably just see clips of his moves. You probably don't actually watch his matches. Um, I hope nothing happens between now and 421 because I'm supposed to see Vikingo live in GCW in, in Atlanta. And I'm like terrified now that somehow he'll like get signed, swooped up and like not be able to be there. Um, but uh, I thought the match was incredible. The only critique I would have of it, and this isn't even a critique is he, because he has such a crazy big move set of stuff he can do and he's constantly innovating, but like, he could have saved like half those moves for like the next few times we see him. You know what I mean? Cause like, because every one of those moves blows everyone's mind. So it's like, yeah, but at the same time, it was a real showcase of like, Hey, you've heard about the Kingo. These are the kind of reasons why. And he took Kenny Omega to his limit, almost beat him. And uh, so I, I love the match. And obviously, I mean, he, they both completely showed out. I thought that was great. Yeah, Omega was such a good base for someone like Vikingo, and it shows that Kenny kind of got some experience, you know, working with Lucha, Lucha Libre stars when he was the AAA mega champion, but like this, I've never seen Vikingo this good. Like, I've seen some of his great matches in AAA. I saw the Triple Mania match against Ray Phoenix, which I thought was a match of the year candidate last year. I've seen him in GCW. He had a great match with Gringo Loco more recently in Atlantic City. He had the great match with Alex Zane. But he's never this flawless. He was flawless on this episode. Like, the implosion Rana... Uh, like in the first minute of the matchup, yeah. the dies before the bell even rings, the the uh springboard uh phoenix splash from outside the ring, inside the ring, shooting star press off the apron, that hurricane rata, which almost you know broke Kenny Omega's neck, and then the 630 where his head actually hit the apron. It ladies did. and I gentlemen, saw that side that side oh, view, yeah. Man. It was just like Jesus Christ. He went out there and he showed out, he became a star in one night 
and Kenny Omega is is really w- without having that many singles matches. This is only what his third single match of the year. He's already put himself in wrestler of the year uh, contention, and you know it's him or Brian Danielson, honestly, at this point for me because Omega has the match of the year overall with Will Osprey at Wrestle Kingdom, and that was the best TV match of the year with Vikingo. So what a showcase for Vikingo, and another kind of cementing that Kenny Omega is still one of the best in the world. Absolutely. Yeah, it's uh, some great thoughts from both of us, I think, on that match. I think I think, I think most of the fan base feels how we feel about it. Even if you don't, didn't know who Vikingo was heading into the match, like the whole world's talking about him now. So it's a matter of where he's going to wind up. You know, I know he's going to be doing Ring of Honor. He's going to be wrestling Commander, I saw. Yes. Which is, which is badass, except, except that's the match I'm getting in Atlanta. So I'm like, Y'all are going to do it before, like, what? Like, I was supposed to get that match in, in, in for GCW, and you're going to do it before I can get it. Tony, Tony Khan just said, I'm trying to steal WrestleMania weekend. I said I was going to do WrestleMania weekend. I even debated if I was going to do it with Ring of Honor, and he just decided, I'm giving you all the matches. That Super, Super Card of Honor is probably the, the show I'm looking forward to the most, even above WrestleMania. There's one or two matches that I'm really looking forward to at WrestleMania. Spoiler alert, they're all involving the bloodline but uh, the, the the show i'm looking forward to the most is supercard of honor because you got vikingo versus commander they announced the teams for the reach of the for the sky ladder match which is going to be uh lucha bros aussie open the kingdom top flight and uh did i say aussie open yeah mm-hmm. i said aussie and uh roosh and Drillistico. So five of those teams, they're all great. That's going to be a banger of a ladder match. Uh, Kingston and Claudio had a tremendous sit-down interview on ROH TV yesterday to set up the main event for the show and all their history. You know that's going to be hard-hitting and such a great way to end the show, especially if New York's own Eddie Kingston wins the championship, Mm -hmm. which I'm looking for. Willie Yuta versus Shibata is going to be amazing. You got Athena versus Yuka Sakazaki. Samoa Joe versus Mark. Mark Briscoe, man, this that card is stacked. Absolutely. Well, you know, talking about the cards you're looking forward to the most over the weekend, from a pure wrestling perspective, from top to bottom, I'd probably say Supercard of Honor is the one I'm looking the most forward to. But the show I'm really looking the most forward to is WrestleMania Night 2 um, because, you know, we're going to jump back into this. Do you be a professional wrestler or do you want to be a WWE superstar? WWE Superstar sounds a whole lot better than me than being a professional wrestler. Love that bumper. Um, so WrestleMania Night Two, the big thing uh, for me, and we don't need to deep dive this too much because we talked. I've talked about it. I, people are probably sick of hearing me talk about it, but um, the end of Raw this past Monday, we had a segment where Cody Rhodes was on the microphone going back and forth with Roman Reigns. Roman was flanked by Sol Sokoa and uh, Paul Heyman. Uh, Cody proceeded to just serve that entire family, something fierce out there. Um, that was, you remember the, you got served episode of South Park. It was like, you got F in the A on Saturday. That was, that was, he got that whole family on Monday night. That would like, dude, he, she basically told Heyman to step back. He was like, all right, dude, this is like, get out of here. Solo. You're not ready, dude. I was in your position in, in legacy. Like, I know you're not ready. And just cooked Roman on the microphone and then made Solo look like a bitch. Like, Solo came at him and Roman, Cody just fought him off. And then there's there's footage after the mat or after the segment 
of Roman like yelling at Solo on the entrance ramp. Like, and it's dude, I loved it. Like, this is there's people out there that are like, it's too predictable. You know, like Cody's getting too like it's, it's Cody's looking too good going into WrestleMania. They have needed someone like this for so long. They have been looking for something. They Roman is the big bad evil final boss, and he has earned that. Roman Reigns is the man. He has the this is the best WWE title run I've seen in a in a very, very, very long time in decades. Like this is this is great with Roman Reigns as the bloodliner doing. Um, you pair that in with the Usos and the the Sammy and KO stuff and everything, right? Like this is this is great build to WrestleMania. It's some of the best WrestleMania build in a long ass time, right? Like this is great. Yeah. Um, but this is like WWE, and you can even see it. You see the merchandise that Cody that they're dropping for Cody soon, where he's got the flag. It's the it's the Hulk Hogan WrestleMania. Yeah, WrestleMania like, been, seven. Seven. Yeah, I've been saying for a minute, like, and people don't like hearing this, but this this isn't I'm, and. Some some people actually take this as me being racist, if I'm being completely honest. And I don't. This is not. No, I actually had comments about this saying that because I there's a trend, right? Of like Hulk Hogan. I'm not. I, I get the Hulk Hogan fair. Like I'm. I, yeah. yeah, that's one thing. But that's not what I'm saying with this at all. Like you had Hulk Hogan. He was like the USA. Eat your vitamins. Say your prayers. Like you know, red, white, and blue. John Cena, very similar to that. Like the red, white, and blue. Say your prayers. Eat your vitamins. Like they they're 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 always, they've always kind of looked like they tried it with Lex Luger and it didn't really work. And like, they've tried it with, you know, with Steve Austin, but that was a different type of thing. It was a different era. It was the same idea. Like, like the working man, like the guy standing up for, you know, for against his boss. And that's what America was about at that time was like, you know, and when with Roman, they tried it as a baby face and it just wasn't working year after year after year. It wasn't working as a baby face. They turned him heel and it's worked great, but now they have an opportunity to kind of have their new John Cena kind of face of the face of America, face of the company, face, you know, and he's, he's got the red, white, and blue flag on his neck. Like, I mean, this dude, so it's just one of those things where like, I know, I understand that everyone's from the U S I understand like xenophobia and all I, I listen, but I'm just saying if you're the WWE and you've been looking for a new Hulk Hogan or John Cena for all this time, he's right there in front of you. So like that's that's why they're building him the way that they are. Like they want to make you believe that he actually can go in there and kick Roman Reigns' ass. Now, that said, this Monday, I think I think Cody's gonna get his ass kicked in front of everyone. Like I think the bloodline is gonna beat the shit out of him on Monday. I really do because I think he's gonna go into WrestleMania because it, it's one of those things where it's like, like it's quiet. Well, it's a little too quiet, you know. Like Cody's getting a li- like he's getting too much in it feels like on the bloodline. So. There's got to be something heading into WrestleMania that gives the fans doubt of like, oh, never mind. Like Cody's Cody's not going to get the job done. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, but that's where I'm at with it. I thought I thought it was great. It's great to see somebody. I know I'm biased because it's Cody and he's my dude. But it's great that anybody has been built to this point where it's like they're going out there. They're going toe-to-toe with the guy on the microphone. They're backing it up in the ring. And they're not afraid of the dude. Like that's, you know, that's it, it just... I, I love I love where we're at with this, and I think it sets the stage perfectly for a baby face face of your company world champion Cody Rhodes title run, which as an actual white meat baby face, like it's been so long since WWE had someone that wasn't like a cool heel or like that was getting booed because they were too too baby face or whatever. Cody's getting cheered big time just as a baby face. Like the, the, this is all WWE's been wanting for a long time, so. Um, you know, this, this is another super chat. Uh, if they're uncertain, they'll default to reigns. Listen, I think it's possible. 
I know the whole thousand day title run thing people are stuck on. I know you've talked about it as well. Um, but yeah, go ahead. What are, what are your thoughts on kind of where we're at with Cody and Roman? And do you think Cody wins at WrestleMania? I think like you, like you said, you know, you, we, you, you have documented your background with Cody and that's the reason why you're biased and you're for Cody winning. I think I, I, I'm going to be a little bit self-aware and I'm going to realize that my, my want and need for WWE to have Cody lose and have Roman Reigns continue until he hits a thousand days on May 27th, nine days after my birthday. Wow, um, and I'm, I'm May 22nd. Exactly. So, so five right days there. after yeah. after your birthday. Uh, I, it's it's also the fact of for so long, Cody was my arch nemesis. Right. No, I know. Uh, because you I, said something really mean to him in the crowd one I time and you reacted. <laughs> and you just leave that part of the story. Anyways. Continue. Wait, ridiculous. Let's get into the WrestleMania. Let's get the WrestleMania. You're ridiculous. I did not say anything to him. I literally put out a two sweet. I was in the front row at Manhattan Mayhem 2017. I just saw clips the other day. They was showing a highlight reel of the Young Bucks versus Leo Rush and Jay White, which was on the same show. Cody was in a six man tag with the Bullet Club with Frankie Kazarian. When the rare time he was with the with the Bullet club as he was playing the the mole agent along with hangman adam page i was too he they were too sweet and everyone in the front row i got a too sweet from hangman i got a too sweet from frankie kazarian and cody comes up to me and fakes like he's gonna give the too sweet and then flips he off and i didn't say a damn thing i went bullet club through and through i've been certified bullet club by switchblade jay white himself so i have never been against the bullet club i did not say anything wrong to cody rose cody rose gave other people the two sweet in the front row of another complexion that's all i'm gonna say oh, for okay. for for everything that they want to say about cody Devonte rose saving oh, racism my. he wasn't always like that it was the he saw friendship he was the, he saw friendship the, sp3 kevin owens and, and Sami Zayn. The bleach blonde that caused him to solve racism and solve friendship. Once he once he bleached his hair blonde, then he went off on a tangent. But for so long, he's been my enemy. And then maybe that is a little bit why. But I think you are right. I think Cody Rhodes is going to win the undisputed WWE Universal Championship. I think he is the right choice to dethrone Roman Reigns at this point because they've told such a great story. And the key to it was the one week that Roman was away, they fully integrated him into this whole bloodline drama, which was the which was my main problem from the very beginning of this whole story when Cody won the Royal Rumble at at uh you know in January I was like Okay, that's fine and dandy. Cody is the most over. That makes sense. But it's two different stories. It's Cody finishing the story of winning the title that his family has never won. And then there's the bloodline story. So you have to find a way to bring them together. And they did that with him coming to the save for Sami Zayn, for him trying to reunite Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens, him interacting with, interacting with the Usos. They've done a great job of building this up. This is the probably the best built WrestleMania main event in nearly a decade. I think the last one was probably WrestleMania 30. And that kind of happened by accident uh, with Brian Danielson. So. This has been so well built. It feels right for Cody to win. 
But there's also a side of me that wouldn't be mad if Roman Reigns won. And I thought I thought it was very even. I thought it was a nice it was a nice little uh, jousty. It was a lot better than their first promo exchange uh, on SmackDown a couple of weeks ago, where Roman really bodied uh, Cody Rhodes. They he gave more back to Cody on Monday Night Raw this week, and he let Cody get that that knockout blow because Cody's words were great. He was masterful with his delivery, but the cherry on top of that was Roman's reaction, where Roman, yeah. for the first time in so long, showed some insecurity. He showed that when once he said that Jay's gonna leave him, just how his his, his smarky his like his smirk like disappeared because he was like, oh shoot, he's telling the truth. Yeah, Jay is gonna beat me because I saw he told Heyman earlier in the night. I saw everything I needed to see. I got the answers I was looking for, and the answer is is Jay will leave you once you're not the tribal chief. Jay will leave you once you're not the champion. So the, the lines hit even harder with Roman's reaction to it and just how he put Solo Sokoa, the first guy on the main roster that put Solo Sokoa in his place. This That was just a great segment that got you really excited for WrestleMania. And they've done a great job on last week's SmackDown, on this week's Raw, of really building it up. We're at the point of, you say, you know, he's going to get uh, attacked this week on Raw or, or SmackDown next week. I don't even see if that's the point. I think honestly, they could just play video packages because the hype is at, at like a peak. I think that would that would create some doubt that Cody is going to win, and they do need that. But if they wanted to, they could just play video packages because all the work is done. They've done a great job of building this up. They've done a great job of building up the Usos and uh, Kevin's Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. It's just how good that's been has really put a spotlight on how lackluster the rest of the card has been outside of you know the bloodline stuff and ray and dominic wrestlemania card outside of that has been very lackluster yes um before we transition to i'm gonna i'm gonna elaborate on that actually what you just said and and uh i'll add to you know i i agree it wasn't roman didn't roman held his own in the in that last promo on raw like i'm not gonna say that like because like with the whole like starting AEW stuff and all that like he got he got his jabs in like don't get me wrong but i think cody came out of that segment obviously looking super strong because like you know he took out solo and he held his own on the microphone made him and back down all that stuff now that said um this one that's what really quick thoughts on because we got to move on to uh kind of more important topics for the week uh we got about 20 minutes uh, Bianca and Oscar was Jeremy's um, spotlight this week for WWE, and the reason I think he was bringing that up is because um, if the the build, at least in my opinion, this is why I think he was bringing it up the build feels kind of weird. Like we had like the Oscar like kind of turning into Kana, but like as a heel, but like people want to cheer her. They're doing the whole like can they coexist stuff, which the WWE has played out, you know, to nauseum. Um, any just quick thoughts on the build to Bianca and Oscar heading to WrestleMania? Because I think the match itself is going to deliver. They're fantastic performers, but I feel like the build uh, has a lot uh, left to be desired for a lot of fans. And this seems to be a theme with Bianca because two years ago, the buildup to her and Sasha was not very good. It was featured around Reggie more than it was them two. Like, it's been bad. It's just been very bad. And it's it emphasized what I said from the very beginning when Rhea Ripley won the Raw Rumble. That Rhea should have picked Bianca. You've been building that feud since July, and I think no one would be complaining about the thought of Rhea Ripley versus Bianca Belair main event in night one. Like, they are feeling like it's a nightmare that 
that Charlotte Flair and Rhea Ripley might main event night one of WrestleMania. It would have made more sense for Asuka to get redemption on Charlotte for the WrestleMania win at 34 this year with the new version of her. And I think Charlotte would have played off that a lot better than Bianca Belair has. So it's been lackluster and it's really felt like WWE hasn't even tried with Bianca and Asuka. Yep. Moving on. And by, by the way, we, we're going to both have a size. The match will be great. Like, they're great performers. Yes. It's just, yes. we, we, we they're, I, I agree, storyline-wise and history-wise, like, it would have made a lot more sense to have Bianca and, uh, and Rhea wrestle each other. And the build would have wrote itself based on their past and stuff. Um, Going to go back into the other spotlights. Um, well, actually, you know what? I'm going to go Indies first real quick. Um, So let's hit that. I want to give a big motherfucking shout-out. Um, we got a new GCW world champion. Um, sorry, I hit a button here that I didn't mean to hit. There we go. Um, we got a new GCW world champion. Um, this past weekend, Masha Slamovich defeated Nick fucking Gage to become Game Changer Wrestling world champion. Um, got the win after hitting multiple white knight drivers and then locking in a rear naked choke. Forcing Gage to tell to not tap out, but to, to to pass out to the she she choked she choked him out unconscious. He was he was cheering the the crowd was cheering for him. He was trying to get out there. MDK MDK, and he just she there was over for him to go. Marshall won the title. Um, I was calling for that. People who listen to this show and the Weekender. I was saying like, listen, I don't think the Marshall is going to win because they're so close to the collective. I figured Gage would be the champion going into that uh, that weekend. But I was saying, my mind was saying, Gage, my heart was Masha. I was saying, I want Masha to be the champion. I think she deserves it. Um, uh, me and Moe's elaborate a little bit about that in our interview you're going to be hearing about in a bit. I was one of those people like years ago, especially because I'm such an MMA fan. I was always a little like skeptical on the idea of like intergender wrestling for like, like this is a long time ago. But, you know, and I don't even like the term intergender wrestling anymore because now it's just wrestling to me because the talent is just, it's all great talent now. So like, you know, just, it's just, just pro wrestling as far as I see it. But Masha was somebody that years ago, Moe's was like, dude, I think Masha's going to be like the world champion, like everywhere. Like they need to be pushing her. And I was like, I think that'd be badass, but like, is the world ready for it? I don't know if like the wrestling world's ready for like, like, a, like a, like a woman to be the main men's champion. I didn't know. And like the Tessa stuff, like there was the verdict was still out kind of at that time as to how that was going to go. Because this is years ago we're talking. So I was, so my whole point was like, Masha has been so good for so long. And it's great to see that everyone has come around on this idea of like, it doesn't matter who you are, what gender you are. If you got talent, you got talent. If you can go, you can go. And Masha Slamovich going out there and beating, not just beating somebody for the GCW title, beating the man, the king, the fucking god of this shit, Nick fucking Gage. Like, that is huge, huge, huge for Masha Slamovich, huge for independent wrestling. And I'm so happy for her. She 1 million percent deserves it. And then she follows that up by defending the title against Speedball Mike Bailey the next night in one of the best matches you'll probably see all year with my favorite finish of the year so far. Um, So Masha's already hitting grand slams out there as the GCW World Champion. So, um... And I've, I've been saying it for a while. If there's only five people I could watch right now, five, if I only pick five pro wrestlers right now, 2023, that I can watch their matches, Masha would be on that that list of five. Um, you know, that that's how highly I think of her. So to see her win the GCW world title, I, I just is just fucking badass, dude. Um, your thoughts on Masha as the new GCW champ? 
I think it was the right choice and it was the right time because, you know, you're in New York, which, you know, has become like her adopted home. Like I've interviewed her a couple of years back before she really started getting success, like in 2021. And she talked about how she came as an immigrant to New York, had to get, you know, used to how the trains work, had to get get into training for wrestling and just to come back there and win the championship in the Melrose Ballroom you know, in front of her family, her mom getting into the ring, even though her mom was like, no, I don't want to get into the ring, get into the ring afterwards. It was great stuff. And it was a really good matchup with Nick Gage. And then she proved herself that she could deliver a main event quality match of the year contender. I think, in my opinion, that's my favorite match I've seen on the independent scene here in North America of 2023 so far was her in speedball Mike Bailey. Mike Bailey is so good when he's a heel. Like he's another guy, not, by the way, on my top five, like Bailey's in that top five. Like that, like those are two of my favorite five people right now in the world to watch in wrestling. So I mean, yeah. Mm-hmm. Bailey Bailey is definitely in my top five because I I did not know how good he is as a heel, but he worked as a heel so superbly against Masha Slamovich, exposing the ring boards and then moving the ring boards over to create that final final finish. And like you said, that was one of the best finishes of the year with Masha giving him the rear naked choke as he hung out of the ring. That was just a great visual. And the way that the camera zooms out, like, yeah. Finish, and then, and then she perfect. drops him and then yeah. he just falls into the abyss that's great it was so perfect. good that they gcw put on two great shows with gcw eye for an eye in new york kind of disappointed i didn't get a ticket because i sh- i, I should have been there for that one and uh the the show in in canada uh with speedball and masha those were two great shows and i agree with you masha slamovich in my opinion one of the best female wrestlers out there today but one of the best wrestlers in general out there because she can work with the guys she can work with the with the women and she does it great either way you've seen her in impact wrestling with her and jordan grace one of the best women's matches last year she's still tearing it up in impact wrestling and now she's the has the top spot in gcw where i feel like i feel like nick gage doesn't need it anymore like he's already the longest rating gcw champion held the title multiple times and i like you i was shocked that Masha won because I think we talked about this a couple of years back when we when we saw that that Nick Gage was going to probably be the one to dethrone John Moxley. We both kind of said that we thought Jordan Oliver mm-hmm. due to the story commentary kept telling about Jordan Oliver getting him ready for Nick Gage. But I think Jordan is more focused on him and Nick Wayne. They're going to probably win the GCW World Tag Team titles uh, during WrestleMania weekend for the collective. So he's focused over there. It's a great time for Masha. Absolutely. And Jordan also now the JCW world champion. So they got got a lot of really good stuff going on there or JCW champion. I guess I don't know if that's technically a world title yet, but he's the Jersey championship wrestling champion as well. Um, uh, Others, another spotlight, this one, we got to just, just quick predictions on this one. Um, John Moxley was supposed to be uh, fighting Davey Richards at blood sport. Davey Richards has retired from wrestling. If you guys want to look into the reasons beyond that or behind that, I don't want to go into all that on the show. Uh, Not only because we don't have the time, but because there's, it's a lot of sensitive stuff going on with all that. That all said, Moxley needs an opponent for Bloodsport. Do you have any predictions on who John Moxley's opponent at Bloodsport could be? 
I believe they did announce it. I believe oh, did they announce it. And I yeah, it. yeah. Alex Coglin. Uh, oh, made I missed it, that. Was that last night the they announced it? Yeah, Alex uh, Coglin made a challenge, okay. and they made it official that it's going to be Alex Coglin versus John Boxley. I think that should be a, a really damn good matchup. Uh, it, it does take you know a little bit of the 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 luster to Bloodsport away because that match was going to be one that a lot of people were looking forward to, but I think John. Moxley and Alice Coglin is going to be just as good. And really the main draw for that show is Koto Ibushi versus Speedball Mike Bailey. And that's still going down. And that makes Bloodsport must see next Thursday. Absolutely. So sorry about that, y'all. That must have been announced after I went to sleep last night. But before I, um, I, I don't know, I somehow missed that, that the announcement was made. But that was obviously we were planning to do the show on Thursday morning. So that was the topic yeah. for the show we had to wait a day and I, I, I just missed that that was announced, but Alex Coglin's badass. So I'm yes. all about that. If y'all don't know about him, check out his work in new Japan. He's a product of the LA Dojo. Um, super, super talented. But, but really, in my opinion, I saw a different side of Alex Coglin the first time he ever worked blood sport. Yeah, it was great. He, he yeah. shows his strength so much more with that style. Like he, I, I think it, I, I don't, I forget who he was against, but he just like did a deadlift suplex yes. from like down on his knees, picked them up, and started walking around with them. Like he shows so much. Uh, yeah, I really enjoy Alex Coglin, and he is doing good work. He's also going to be on the Multiverse United show as well. Yes, and I wish I could remember off the top of my head who he wrestled to. It was so, it was someone it was like Filthy Tom or something like that. It was a yeah. really it was a really really good match because I remember he was doing lifts right off the ground and these sweet suplexes and stuff. So yeah, shout out Alex Coglin. I'm I'm glad I'm glad to know that is Moxley's opponent for Bloodsport. So that's we'll say that's the topic. John Moxley versus Alex Coglin is now official for GCW Bloodsport WrestleMania weekend. All right, um, last topics we've got here. Um, what I'm going to do for this, I'm going to do my topic kind of first, and then I'll let you elaborate on the second one because you'll know a bit more kind of about it because you pay more attention. Um, and if it runs a little long, I know Rob is in the stream with us now. Rob Wilkins, thank you very much, Rob, for, for being here to help. I have to go into work at 11 a.m. If SP3 is going a little bit long on um, on his topic here, then uh, Rob, if you wouldn't mind just let, letting SP3 finish up and then running the video um because i may have to like just dip like right at 11 because you know, no worries it is what it is shoot job um but that said okay rob's in the chat you got it thank you very much rob you're the man um so uh here is the bumper for our last set of topics our product is what it is we're going straight up the middle all right so first off gonna talk about how bill goldberg is now a free agent he was with the WWE, of course, previously, and um, he's been talking about wanting to have a retirement match. He wanted to have it in the WWE, it seemed like, but he is now um, now you know, a free agent. Uh, it's been reported he's not with WWE. Uh, there's, of course, going to be heavy rumors about him going to AEW. Tony Khan's already mentioned that he's obviously aware that Bill is available. Um, I'm going to say this. I'm going to throw this out of left field. Like People are going to be like, might think this is a terrible idea, but they also might think I'm a genius. Listen, I'm cool with Bill Goldberg coming into AEW. It depends on how they use him. Um, like how they've used Sting has been fantastic. So if you can find something similar that works for Goldberg, I'm I'm totally fine with it. 
growing up, um, especially in Atlanta, Georgia, where Goldberg, you know, played for the Falcons and everything. He's probably he's an Atlanta dude. Um, me being Jewish growing up, like I didn't have a lot of people to like look up to as a, a Jew, you know, growing up. And Bill Goldberg, for me as a wrestling fan, especially like he was a major hero of mine. And nowadays, like I get those kind of vibes from MJF, totally different reasons, totally different characters. But like he's like, <laughs> uh, He's a guy who, like, you know, you see, because, like, before, like, Barry Horowitz was, like, our guy, and he's out there just losing every week and stuff with, like, rocking the Star of David, and you're just, like, you know, but, but like, MJF, he's, he's like, rose above, and, like, he's the, he's the champion of AEW, and it's, like, it's just kind of cool, you know, you know, you know what it's like, you know, you see people that you can relate to, and you're, like, it's yeah. cool seeing people, you know, break through and make it, so, like, seeing MJF what he's done in Goldberg so there's that obvious thing where like I'd love to see MJF versus Goldberg like just for just just for the Jewish people just to see that happen but what I really want to see if Goldberg comes in I think he comes in as a heel and he's the bodyguard for MJF like because because he's needed that since Wardlow left and like that'd be sick I think if Goldberg was just kicking people's asses for MJF like I think that'd be pretty cool. I don't I haven't seen anyone throw that idea out there. So I could I could see maybe Goldberg wrestling some matches and stuff. But if they want to have him on the screen often, how they have Sting out there with Darby, you could have Goldberg out there protecting MJF. I think that'd be a pretty cool idea. I I won't say that is that's not a not a good idea because it is it is very interesting because Goldberg hasn't been heel since briefly at the end of WCW like in two thousand so that and his his original run when he came into WCW so I that's one I didn't think of so I do think it's a good idea me personally I would use him in a lot of the way that they've used you know uh, Sting with Darby Allen they've used Christian with Jungle Boy. Uh, uh, Chris Jericho with Sammy Guevara put Warlow in AEW Daddy Daycare and Goldberg is his his mentor. And Goldberg, I think that's what Warlow needs at this point where, you know, he's at the point of no return. I think his return should be with a new motivator, a new mentor by his side. Maybe he's outgrown the Powerbomb Symphony. He could start hitting the spear and the jackhammer and be managed by Goldberg and you could do tag team matches with them. I like that. I like that. We're both kind of on the same line, honestly, is like a mentor sting type role, I think could work really well for Bill Goldberg. Um, and so I'm, I'm, I'm open to it. I just don't want to see Goldberg like anyone else. I don't want to see him come in and just start squashing all the people that AEW has been building. I don't want to see yeah. that, but I would be fine with him coming in, squashing a few people, maybe getting a world title shot, not winning that. And then like being more of a manager or something like, I, you know, there's ways they can do it that I think could work to, to have Bill Goldberg be a part of it. Goldberg um, comes in and he's the, the the tag team partner for Wardlow against Powerhouse Hobbs and QTV. There you go. There you go. Um, and uh, Rob, I want to give you a heads up real quick. I know you're in here. Make sure when you run the video that the audio is is playing. SP3, I know you, you know how that works, right? In case yeah. Rob. And I'm, 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 I'm being overly cautious because I'm, I'm responsible for the show today. So I just want to make sure everything runs smooth. Um Last topic, I'm going to let you take it away on this, SP3. If I need to bounce out while you're giving your response, um, that's the reason. So thank you all for joining and um, enjoy the interview with Moe's and myself and Jeremy. We talk a lot about SPO, uh, Sean Patrick O'Brien, the referee who recently passed away. Um, that was a big part of the interview with Moe's. Um, the last topic that I want your thoughts on as we wrap up here, SP3, is um, Sonata won the New Japan Cup. I know you're very locked into New Japan. I think it's cool to see him get this. I feel like, I mean, because I'm so in and out with New Japan, I feel like it's been 
years and years and years that like it's like this has been like waiting to happen it's really surprising yeah. it hasn't already happened that he's gotten this kind of push already um but uh because i remember what was his ta- his tag team for so long it was him and him uh, and evil evil that's right and like yeah. i remember when that broke i was like oh sonata's gonna like he'll get that and then they put the belt on evil and everyone was like what um so anyway what are your thoughts on sonata winning the new japan cup I'm very happy about it. It wasn't my pick to start off. I actually had Sonata getting dropped in the first round, but I love the story arc that they told with his match with Tai Chi in the first round, kind of getting him out of his funk because he's been in this losing streak in this slump in New Japan. He lost to his former tag team partner, Soya, at uh, Wrestle Kingdom Part 2 in January, and he was coming in all depressed, and Tai Chi just couldn't just beat him in the first round. He wanted a real fight. That's been part of Tai Chi's character since he's become the leader of just four guys that he's wanted a fight every single time out and he wanted that out of Sonata and for the longest time he said Sonata did not fit in with LIJ Los Ingenables de Japón and he proved that when he uh, beat him with a new finisher and then for him to beat uh, Tensuyo Naito and then the way he left LIJ where he was just like I I I didn't get what I was wanted out of LIJ I'm joining just four guys we're going to be just five guys get them a burger deal and then the next matchup he comes comes out with the haircut, comes out shaved up, looks 10 years younger, and then he beats Mark Davis in one of the best matches of the tournament when 13 minutes was just a breeze of a brawl and then the 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 to win the finals against David Finley, two guys that, you know, are not New Japan kind of main eventers and top stars for them to get that spotlight and it was a great matchup and Sonata to win. It feels like the right time like if you're if there's any time for Sonata to win the big one and beat Kazuko Okada, it seems like Sakura Genesis is that because this is their, I think, their seventh or eighth meeting, and he's only beaten Okada once. So he needs to beat him here if they're ever going to have him do the do the job and win the top prize in New Japan. Well, that was perfect timing, SP3. Great explanation right before the show needed to end. That's wonderful. Thank you so much. Um, Rob, what I'll need you to do, one last thing, buddy, um, just because SP3 doesn't have access to the stream yard. Um, after you run the interview, please put SP3 back up on the screen. Sorry, hit my microphone. Put him back up on the screen um, so he can wrap. He's going to say goodbye to everyone uh, at the end of the show. And then please just end the broadcast. So thank you very much. And Rob, if you want to jump on the screen, by the way, too, at any point, you can jump on also, man. Like, feel free. Um, but um, I'm going to pull, um, Rob, if you can go and pull the video up for me right now, I'll pull me and SP3 off the screen once that's up. And I'll make sure that the audio is working and um, enjoy the, the the interview, y'all. As long as everything runs okay, it should be uh, me, Jeremy, and John Mosley here. Um, just waiting on that to pull up here. Welcome to the Creator Spotlight, the interview portion of the Spotlight. And we have joining with us, well, I, of course, am Stephen Jensen with Jeremy Lambert, as always. But we have another guest that you've seen many times on the show, is this the fifth appearance? Five, yeah, five yeah. times, five times, five times, five times, five times. I love be champion. Dylon. <laughs> yeah, Dylon, 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 <laughs> Because he spits hot fire. We are True. here with Jumpin' Johnny Mosley, a.k.a. Mose. Welcome back to the show, man. Thanks for joining us. Man, always a pleasure to see you guys. Mose is basically the third member of the spotlight at this point like we yeah. we need to, like to our just get mic. A... our occasional third mic is in mosby's yeah. yeah yeah i'll just uh, i'll that... just take that trek over to jensen and start joining y'all <laughs> hey you're more than welcome to you're welcome on the show yeah. anytime you know that uh we, we we appreciate you joining us um 
unfortunately, we, we it's kind of sad time to to join us this week. Um, you know, referee Sean O'Brien passed away, and I you know him very well. And uh, the, the wrestling community, the independent wrestling community, has come together over the last week to to share tributes and everything. And I know you're actually there. Uh, now for for his viewing and his funeral but just overall thoughts on sean and just remembering sean yeah uh very tough day very tough uh last week he passed on saint patty's day last friday um from now on that'll be sean patrick day to anyone that um Great human, great wrestler, uh, ref, I should say, great wrestling in, in the great wrestling community. Uh, we don't have many people in this community like Sean. Um, uh, never complained, uh, always down for whatever you needed. Never, I mean, happy for everyone else. Like, uh, referees, one of those jobs like what I do, where it's easy to forget about us. Um, Obviously, it's all about the the, you know, the wrestlers, like the performers, the ones risking their lives, right? Like, that's who we should talk about. But, you know, for all the work we put in, um, it's uh, it's it's it means a lot when someone tells you, you know, like, I appreciate what you do. And, and Sean was that guy we were talking about today. Like, it didn't matter what you did. Uh, he was going to get a message to you like you had a podcast. If you had, you know, you wrote a review He's going to see it. He's going to read it, listen, watch, whatever. And he's going to send you a DM saying, like, bro, that was dope. Like, so, um, and then on top of that, bro, it's not a, you know, he's a great person and he's a great ref. Like, legit, one of the best deathmatch wrestlers on this planet is gone. Uh, one that protected, you know, protected the boys, always had an eye out. I mean, that's a job where it's being a ref already is tough. And then you've got all this class and all this like i know tank wrote a little story of about how you know he was rolling out of the ring one night and sean stepped out a light tube that tank didn't see that would have really you know cut his arm up bad so it's those little things man that like you know the fans at home may not see um it's that kind of movie magic in a way that the refs and everybody looks out for and that's something that he he did he loved it he loved being a ref he loved being at shows so so, so such a social guy a great singer um great father like it's just i said it when we opened up twe last saturday like we had a show saturday night uh right after he passed and i was thankful for it um because it took my mind off of it but you know me and dylan hells opened the show up talking about sean and it, a, a hole in this world is missing not wrestling not you know music not it, it, this world like saturday last saturday was a little less bright um I was lucky enough to see him, you know, the Saturday previous. He was in town, uh, of course, refing for ICW in Chattanooga. Um, and we went out on Saturday night, man, and closed the bar down, and he sang karaoke. And, you know, the last thing we said to each other was, uh, we always, man, he'll give you a big hug. He told you he loved you. Um, and he'd say, until next time. Or, you know, I, you know, we were supposed to see him at Pawcade um, next month on 415, which now half the money go to to go to go to Sean and um uh, so it's just it's hard man it, it was great to see the day like, you know, I waited you know probably a half hour to 45 minutes in a line of people just to just to you know see him one more time and just uh, kind of let his mom know, you know 
your son, I know you know how great your son was right then, but so much, so many people across this, across the world, you know, there are death and across the world that have on it. So, uh, I really, I there's nothing, you know, I'm not going to say word about on the bus is gone. That's, that's what I told his mom today. I meant that like the rest of us is gone. I pray a hundred others for, for one, for real. More audio issues. Moses in uh, you're in an Airbnb, I think, right? I mean, Louisville. Yeah, it's going yeah. a little in and out, but like the good thing is, like I by by your lips, I can tell everything you're saying. So, so yeah, yeah. It, but but something you were mentioning there that I'm I'm glad you brought up. Um, you brought up Dylan Hales, and I wanted to bring up one of his tweets that I that like really stuck with me that I saw. Um, that he posted the the night that you know everyone was. You know the news was out there, so you know everyone was the, the kind of the outpouring of all the the thoughts and every everything. And um, I saw Dylan tweet something to the effect of that um, SPO was like a litmus test, and like what he meant by that. And I thought this was like really a cool way of looking at something. He, he basically said that if somebody else came up to him with a problem about SPO, he'd be like, "There's something up with this guy." Because, like, there'd be no reason for people to be trash-talking Sean Patrick O'Brien. You know what yeah. I mean? Or Man Bun. As well. I knew him first yeah. in Man Bun, actually. That was the first. Yeah. So, like, um, and that's what's, what really bums me out is I've seen him in person many times. I've seen him hundreds of times on my TV through, you know, all the all the IWTV and stuff that I watch. I mean, I've just, I've, and I wish I would have got to know him on, like, a personal level. Um, and I wish I would have gotten the chance to interview him. Um, and especially after yeah. no, I didn't know so much about like his singing until more recently. And all it's, he seemed like such a good dude and he had a great voice, dude. I was listening yeah. to him sing and I was like, this is, this is like really, I didn't expect this at all. You know, I mean, just, um, so yeah, I, but, but yeah, I guess if you can speak any more towards like, uh, what, what like Dylan was saying about him kind of being a litmus test of, of like, if, if, if you had an issue with SPO, like there was something probably up with you. Yeah, the only person I know that uh, kind of, I know he doesn't ingest, but Mouse, you're only, that's my, you're only, the only person that's going to say a bad thing about Sean is Mouse, and it's all in good fun. That's that thing of like, in the Midwest, it's that they would boo him a lot, but it came, like, that was a bit in a sense, you know what I mean? Like, they loved him, but they, he would get booed, and, you know, they boo him. We were at Pawcade last year doing commentary, and they're booing him, and I'm just like, you know, he we comes down to Tennessee, we cheer him. What are y'all doing? Like, you know, he he, he stayed with us after uh, after our show in October of last year. He stayed at the KOVK BNB, and I, I told him, I said, "Bro, you got cheered tonight." And he looked at me, he's like, "Yo, that was tight." Like, <laughs> uh, but yeah, man, he he was he he never complained, bro. The thing about Sean, you're gonna see a lot of workers say this. They were saying it tonight or today at the uh, the viewing was. You know, after every match, it doesn't matter what went wrong, what went right. He was always like, yo, that was dope. Like, he just loved, loved being in that ring, loved being a part of it. Being the third man's tough. It's a thankless job. It's an important job. And he did it so well. And he was just like, you're saying, it was a fun dude, bro. Jensen, I, I, I'm, obviously, I've, I've talked to you more just personally uh, than Jeremy. But, like, I, you would have lo loved it. Like, he would have fit in so well. 
like just kicking back, having a couple beers, you know, talking about music. You said great singer. Uh, go if anyone has it, please search out his Twitter uh, official SPO 502. Watch some of his clips of him singing, you know, like that's was his first love. He was in a couple of kind of like R&B, you know, bands and like groups. And that was his first love was singing. And then he got into wrestling and you just saw like no matter what, he was a performer. Uh, he did it. He he did everything so well. Um, and then you're going to go to the, you know, going to go out that night and have a few and like, just talk about just dumb music stuff. And man, like, that's what I, that's, what's been so weird this week is like, no, I don't have a DM from him. Just like, you know what I mean? Like there's usually a DM talking about something, whether it's like, oh, I listened to your commentary. It was, it was tight. It was dope. It was, it was, you know, or it's, you know, check this out. Like, it's just something that, I just miss, I'm, I'm already missing that, that, that positivity. Um, back when I was doing interviews and writing in Nashville, I, I did, I interviewed him. And like you're saying, I expected to talk a lot about wrestling and we just talked about music. I think for like an hour, he was telling stories about like jelly roll and little white and all these guys back in the day. And I know he, I want to say he performed Tennessee on a couple guy. shows with like, yeah, yeah, young Jack Harlow. Like he was on a couple shows with Jack Harlow before he blew up. Bryson Tiller. Like he's telling me stories about these guys, man. You know, and it's like he just he got to, he gone at thirty four. It's too soon, but like in those thirty four, man, those thirty four years, he touched so many lives and got to experience so much life. Um, and now his little girl, you know, JJ's. She's gonna grow up, man. She's real young now, but she's gonna grow up and see how much her dad meant to to so many people just everybody yeah he uh dylan was right I, I i i'm not even you know bsing you i cannot think of one time anyone ever was like you know in a you know this or that about sean and in this business that happens every night someone's bad at something yeah, right never sean never did did he ever um did he ever wrestle at all because they're like obviously like a lot of the refs like they'll train and stuff but i don't, I don't recall ever seeing him wrestle or um do you know like what kind of his um because you know on a, on a personal level, like his like yeah. passion, like for refereeing as well, you know. Yeah, no, he he. I think he had a few spots. Like I know, and you know, some Midwest shows he's had. Like I want to say some Rumble spots, and but like he just he loved being that third man. He just he did. He loved being that ref. He loved protecting you. He loved, you know, just when a match went well. Um, but but at the same time, you know, things went off the rails, which they do, and. People were upset in the back about, you know, this didn't work, that didn't work. There'd be Sean going, well, yeah, but this did work. Like, this was dope. Like, this this was cool. Like, this, so, and and that's that's going to be missed. Like, more importantly, you know, the human. But he really is. Like, I can't stress how, how important it is to have that kind of voice in those moments of just positivity you know positive vibes that's one of it you know you're, you're seeing people on twitter all the time this last couple of weeks saying you know positive vibes only and just that's who he was bro he just he, he he was so social and just loved life and like i just i miss him man it's that thing already like he's he's we just lost him and i already miss him so much and that's what we we're again talking about today like you know, when does that happen when you're kind of you miss someone the second they're gone? And that's and that's how it was with him, with every like with everybody, bro, like shedding tears today. I was shedding tears with anyone, you know, so many names that you've seen on your television or whatever, like hurting right now. So, yeah, keep him keep keep SPO's family 
um, and your thoughts, man, because it, it's it's just it's it's not the same. Like it's just not going to be the same without him. Like as as a human day to day life or or in this business, man, it's not. Yeah, and I saw I saw like a ton of companies have like already been doing like they're they're opening their shows with like a tribute. I thought yep. ICW and HB did a really great job with with the Monto opening the show with the whole locker room out there and stuff. And um, everyone's been doing a great job. You know, it's been cool. It's you know, it's 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 um, wrestling. It it, it always hurts. It, it hits deep because we are a family. Like especially if you're if you're like kind of locked in on like the indie scene, especially like it's a pretty tight-knit family like you see a lot of the same fans at a lot of the shows a lot of the same wrestlers a lot of the same places and yep. um like i said yeah even though i didn't know spo on a personal level so many people like you that i know really well the things that you are saying it's like it's all across the board everyone just loved the guy so that's yeah that's a real bummer man he did he uh he man it was just always positive always like even when mouse would give him you know give him Oh, he's just like, you don't mean that. You love me. <laughs> I, I feel uh, like it's a rite of passage to get buried by Mount. Yeah. <laughs> kid. Like, yeah, he buried he, his everyone. own daughter all the time. And then once you talk yeah. to him, he's like, no, she, she's the absolute I'll best. put her so over. Yeah, I'll put her over right now. There you go. It's, yeah, it's a rite of passage to be buried by Mouse. So well, I think the he, people he likes the most is the people he buries the most. Yes, he had that shovel ready for SPO all the time. Uh, <laughs> But I can tell you after today, man, uh, Mouse can never say Sean wasn't a draw after a day. Like, <laughs> he, he can't. Um, he stayed with us, bro. He, 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 uh, he refed three out of our four shows for KLBK. Um, it's just like our next show we're going to name after, after him in a sense that, you know, we're going to call it We In Here. Mm-hmm. Um, he, it is, man. It's like it's a long. And you're, you're using that now too, right? That, that line, We In Here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to open up all the shows on commentary now, man, I'm going to open up with that one. Um, Cause it was bro. It's that thing of like, you know, that first KOBK show, he, he came down with Mo with hoof foot. Uh, and, and I got the, he took the selfie with me and I got the we in here and I like, you know, a busy stressful day had so much shit fall apart that day. And like, you know, I see that on Twitter and I'm just like, I got the SPO we in here picture. Like I made it. Uh, everybody can, can, um, to support uh the family of of sean patrick o'brien the link the link is below here in the description the link to the uh, essentially the gofundme it's the the uh, memorial crowdfunding the link is below everyone go do that and i i did not know him um but i saw uh, jensen has gotten me very much into independent wrestling over the past year since we started doing this show and i've followed a lot more like i saw all of the the posts when it all happened i was like oh this person posted this person i was like man this guy clearly meant a lot to everybody and so that touched me and then anytime i hear one somebody so young to somebody who was a father that young i it means a little bit more of just like man i feel for the kid as well um because growing up w- w- without a dad and or a dad passing that young it's gonna it's gonna be tough so anything you can do to support uh the family please please do that if you're uh listening or watching this right now and again the the link is below in the description yeah there you go. Uh, Yes. Uh, before before we let you go, we'll, we'll try to change change gears quickly here. Uh, big weekend coming up in the world of independent wrestling. Uh, collective weekend, WrestleMania weekend, a lot of independent shows happening. What are some matches to you that have been announced? You're like, all right, this one, this one's going to stand out. Maybe some wrestlers who have a bunch of bookings who's like, this guy's going to really stand out. Like, what are you looking forward to 
coming up uh, for WrestleMania weekend and the independent scene? The number one thing, and I don't think anyone will be shocked to hear this. I am fired up for, for spring break. Uh, that's the show. If I can only watch one show, I'm watching spring break. I know Janela's always got, you know, it's going to be dumb. Um, in a great, 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 yes. great way. Um, I'm excited for Jordan Oliver. I think he's going to have, you know, Jordan has been that guy for a minute. Um, but I think we're getting closer to him kind of, I don't want to say hitting that, like he's already in that next level, but I guess from a fan perspective of he's, you know, he's always been here. I think they're going to realize he's actually kind of up here um, in a way. Jordan's going to kill it. I'm very excited. I mean, huge Jordan Oliver guy. I love him. Um, I'm excited for, for Cody Rhodes. I know. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Hear that. Uh. I, I don't watch WWE a ton anymore, but they got me, bro. I'm in on Cody and I'm in on, on Sammy and, uh, and Kevin Owens. Like though, honestly, like I'm usually such an indie guy, as you know, but like, those two matches are really high up there for me. I'm probably going to watch both nights of WrestleMania this year. And like, I don't, you know what I mean? Like I don't really do that. I, I tuned in this past month. I saw the promo, you know, him and Roman, like they got me guys. They, I'm in. Oh, yeah. everybody, everybody is now like they've heard me and Jensen, because uh, this will air after our actual show. They've heard me and Jensen, specifically Jensen, talk about 40 minutes just praising Cody Rhodes. And yep. everybody's like, please don't, please don't do any more Cody Rhodes talk, please. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, no, no, dude, it's all good. He made, he not only made Bloodline look like a bitch, he individually made Roman looked like a bitch and then made Solo look like a real big bitch. Right. So, like, he really, dude, he he's out here just, he's cooking. Cody's got this. There's no way he loses at WrestleMania. It's 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 over before it started, baby. Let's go. No, you're right. Uh, and, and Jensen can speak on this. Uh, normally, Cody's a little bit of a sore subject. One of the only times me and Jensen have ever disagreed was over who would <laughs> real fight between Eddie Kingston and fight if you will eddie kingston or cody rhodes and i'm i'm on one end of the line i go i don't think that's much of a fight and jensen's like yeah man me either like cody's got this and i, I brought my i'm like excuse me we had a heated discussion about this it was, on, on, on a show that i think was initially it was an mma show that we was? were doing and we wound up going to this whole this whole tirade against each other on my explanation of how cody's amateur wrestling would easily defeat you know eddie kingston but but Mose has, you know, this the street fighting of Kingston and like his toughness and his is and his actual training background and stuff. So, um, yeah, no, we, we've had this actual conversation, bro. It, it went off air like that conversation went on for so long. So, like for me, to, I'm, Cody's got me. Don't you worry, Jensen. I'm I'm back in. Let's go. Do, by the do way, I, I love it. I love Kingston, By the way, if Eddie Kingston. Oh, please. Yeah. Well. Yeah. What do you do, think, Jeremy? Should I be the tiebreaker here? Oh what do you man. Think? Oh. Real fight. Yeah. Shoot fight. <sighs> No rules, no time limits. Cardio no has to be taken into account big time. Listen to him right now. He's saying all this <laughs> rules like it's going to help Cody. Like, I love this man. Uh, you know, I, I I could just troll uh, everybody and say Cody, specifically my wife. Um, I I think street fight, you got to go with the guy who's been there in the street fight. And and that, that's Eddie Kingston. That's all I'm saying. Like, yeah, that. I got to lean toward I understand Jensen's point of like, Cody, Cody just might take him down and just smother him. That's and then the just whole, that's my whole choke thing. Him out. Yeah. yeah. 
man somebody right was there. just like bending double, an double, double fight double like takedown if with no but rounds like, do, if he can't get off of his back that's a big problem that's what but I, that's do all I'm you saying. think do you think of using that in a street fight though like that yeah that's if you don't want to get hit in the head if you don't want to get hit in the head uh, you do yeah when when it just comes to like when it's street fight it's so quick look and... eddie's got a mean spinning back fist like i get it listen <laughs> listen i got i understand like i don't think cody would want to necessarily trade hands but i think cody can hold his own on the feet as well but i i'm just i'm you know this is such a hypothetical this, love it. This, this is the first question we're asking cody rhodes when we finally do the big oh cody God. rhodes interview on the spotlight we're gonna ask him can you beat eddie kingston in a street fight He's going to go, yes. <laughs> yeah. Oh he's he's, he's 100% going to say yes. It's going to roll. It's going to be great. <laughs> a great story out of that. Uh, Mose, uh, we appreciate no, you. Sorry, what, one more ahead, thing Justin. real quick yeah. before we go. I know yeah. we had a wrap-up on time. I needed to bring this up. Um, I want to give you credit for this as well, Mose. So um, another thing that we um, – you just reminded me. Another thing that we had um, not necessarily argued about before um, behind the scenes – People don't understand. Me and Mose have had hours and hours and hours of like Skype calls over stuff over the years. So like that's totally off the record. And um, you were one of the people real early on that was like Masha Slamovich beating dudes is what's up. Like she should be getting pushed to the moon as the champion everywhere. doesn't matter who she's wrestling. And my thing was never against that. My thing was like, I don't know if we're ready for it. Like it's like MMA. We're not used to seeing. I remember this. Right. And, and, but I've never been against intergender wrestling. I've never been against it, but I didn't know. I didn't know how good Masha was, how fast she got as good as she was. And it's not just her. There's, there's plenty of other women that are absolutely killing it right now. But the reason I obviously bring up Masha is because she just became the game changer wrestling world champion. And I was calling for it on this show. I was saying, if it was me, I put the belt on Masha. I'd have her beat Gabe. That's how much, that's how great I think Masha is. And you were one of the people that saw that really early on thinking like, She's going to break a lot of bear, a lot of gender barriers here and become like a really, really big star, kind of regardless of, you know, the stigma of maybe being a woman in wrestling. So I, I wanted to put that out there that you were really, really early on into that. Yeah, it's just she, man, she is. She's a star. Uh, also a great person. Been thankful to hang out with her because of uh, obviously, or I would say she's the better half, her lesser half. In, uh, yeah, MLW television superstar Akira, shout out Akira. Yeah. But yeah, no, uh, I do, man. I, I just, she is, man. You, you get it. Like, she's a star. You can put her in there with anybody, any size, any gen, anything, and she's she's gonna go. So yeah, shout out, shout out, Masha, bro, for real, for real. Yeah, hell yeah. We 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 just talked about that match on the spotlight. There's a callback to a segment we've not recorded yet. See? Yeah, it's so funny how that works out <laughs> like that. Yes. Have you ever gone to Masha. Sonic with Masha Slamovich? <laughs> uh, no, I did take my wife took. Uh, Masha Slamovich to one of the best Thai restaurants in Chattanooga, Tennessee, though, SCI weekend. That did happen. And she cussed a lot in Russian because she was having like a really weird day. Like it was a, it's a long story. She had stuff going on with her car up there. She was down here. Akira was someone at, somewhere else. So like she's we're having this nice lunch at this nice Thai restaurant with people kind of around us. And Masha's going in and out of like yelling on the phone in Russian and then kind of like back to us and then back. It, it was like one of those weird moments again you look back on and I'm just like I remember her walking away and like she was she had walked away to uh and I, I look at Haley and I was like bro I don't want Masha ever yelling at me in Russian that's <laughs> <fine>. <laughs> it's funny because she's like she's so terrified I'm sorry I was gonna say she's so terrifying on screen but like uh you know 
pulling the curtain back a little bit. I won't get into specifics, but I was lucky enough to hang out a little bit with Masha Samovich, Nick Gage, Cassidy Haynes at the last GCW show in Atlanta. And oh, yeah. she just super cool. Like, it was like, yeah. after I met her in person, I was even more like, yeah, get, like push her, like make her the person. Like I, I, I love that GCW's went all the way with her. I think it's awesome. Yeah, super smart. What did I say? Well, you asked me, you guys asked me that maybe the last time or maybe two times ago, you said, who's going to be the one to maybe take that strap off, uh, off a uh, gauge. And I said it was Jordan. Um, but I totally, I mean, I could not agree more when she won that night, which I believe that might've been the night that Sean passed. I believe it, it was, was 17th. Yeah. 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 So it, we needed that. Like, honestly, like we were heartbroken and gutted and we still are, but like seeing a good person, great wrestler, have that moment in Masha, like it was needed, like in a weird way, the universe, you know, helped us out right there. Um, yeah. Shout out Masha one more time. Love you. Mose, we appreciate you joining us. Let everybody know uh, where they can, where they can follow you at and support you at. Please follow me at Mose KOBK on Twitter. I also have Instagram, but I don't, I just post my movies I watch on there. So they don't really worry about that. Um, yeah. Mose KOBK. And like I said, please, anyone that did, didn't, loved whatever about Sean, uh, go to his Twitter at official SPO 502. Um, you know, share some things, watch, just, just appreciate, you know, the guy we had, the person we had in, in Sean Patrick O'Brien. Love you, bro. Forever. Most thank you again for joining us again, guys. You can, uh, support most the links are below. You can also support Sean's his family the link to donate is below we'll, we'll have uh sean's twitter below as well if anybody wants to go there cool. and check out the, the singing videos and all, all yeah. that fun stuff share, share some memories of, of sean if you uh knew him as well most thank you again for joining us i'm sure we'll talk to you like next month something you, yeah, you'll I'll be back <laughs> yeah oh, no yeah i'll see you and i'll see you in atlanta <laughs> on 421 so hell yeah in about a month the, the official third member of the spotlight most <laughs> we appreciate it guys we'll be right back here on And we are back. It's me. It's me. Your trio phenom SP3 to close things off. Great interview with Moe's, the third man of the spotlight. And now you got the sixth man of the spotlight closing things off. Want to thank Jeremy and uh, Steven Jensen for allowing me to be on the show, taking Jeremy's place today. Shouts out to Jeremy. Love and prayers, support to his family. Uh, Jensen, hope he's having a good day at work. If you like me and Jensen talk about things go over and uh check out our podcast next friday at around the same time 9 30 a.m eastern time over on fightful overbook degrassi dudes where we're going to be talking about degrassi season 14 if you like anything that i've said on the show go over and subscribe to true heel heat wrestling that is t-r-u-h-e-e-l-h-e-a-t wrestling uh my youtube channel where we got content coming up in about 30 minutes i got my premiering my interview with impact wrestling's own x division champion trey miguel so go over and check that out dropping at 12 p.m eastern time over on the true hill heat youtube channel and also check out uh my podcast my weekly flagship podcast the true hill heat podcast with myself uh miss chrissy love and top guy jj tomorrow at 11:05 a.m eastern time true hill heat uh the flagship podcast we're going to talk about the weekend wrestling wwe aew impact wrestling gcw roh we'll talk about tonight's impact sacrifice show 
ROH TV. We'll even talk about Tokyo Joshi Pro had a big show, Grand Princess 2023. I'm trying to see if we have Vala B Super Chat so I could read it off before we uh, sign off here. Uh, I'll give Vala B a little bit more time. That's most of my plugs right there. Also, the Believe in Pro Wrestling podcast. That is B-L-E-A-V uh, in pro wrestling with myself and Rick Uccino. Go over and subscribe over there. We're about to hit 600 subscribers for that channel. I'm over on the Wrestle In uh, podcast network with Kirian from uh, Bread Club on Fightful Overbook, as well as Sanal Lad and NK from Wrestle Things, where we talk about all things New Japan pro wrestling so if you want to hear more about the new japan cup or mvps must watch matches go over to wrestlein.com where you can listen to ace techers our new japan based podcast you can also see me tonight following smackdown on smack talk with uh rick uccino and the legendary dutch mantel on the wrestle binge by sports keto wrestling youtube channel but yeah that is all the plugs I had. You, you gave me time to give in all my plugs, Volaby. I don't know what the super chat was, but they will definitely read it either tonight on the uh, post show for SmackDown uh, right here on Fightful or on DAD, Day After Dynamite with uh, Will Washington. So check either one of those out. It is me. It is me, your True Hill Phenom, SP3. This has been the spotlight on Fightful Wrestling. For Steven Jensen, for Jeremy Lambert, for Moe's, it is me, it is me, true, if you're not SP3, we're out. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.